0: Welcome back, family. 2018 was amazing. And wait until you see what we have planned for 2019. First up is one of our favorite people in the world, and someone we're sure you're gonna find highly entertaining. Morgan Martinez works for a nonprofit that does international work to support and strengthen democracies. With the high profile job in our nation's capital, we're excited that she had time in her busy schedule to talk with us about how she came to DC, the importance of hard work, her interesting family life, and where she sees her career going. You're going to love this one. It was one of our most enjoyable conversations. So take a listen to this one and be sure to let us know what you think. Let's go. Now it's recording. Yep. Look at that. <clears throat> Every so often things work. Is like an work... outline? No, this is a conversation. It's not an oh, interview. Oh,
1: what kind of conversation?
0: Well, it's a conversation that goes wherever you want it to.
1: So usually what do you guys talk about?
0: um what literally whatever you want to talk about we um the you way
1: guys of, interview like famous people
0: you're famous
2: yeah right <laughs> come on man you, <laughs> you have
0: worked for all right i'm not even gonna do that so we'll do the normal introduction then i'll let you introduce yourself
2: mm, okay. Um
0: full disclosure morgan's one of my favorite people in the world so
1: what can i say
0: hey um i guess tell everybody who you are what you do and how you got to where you are
1: Well. Long story, but okay. So my name is Morgan. I um, am currently deputy director of external affairs at IRI, at the International Republican Institute, which is a nonpartisan nonprofit that spreads democracy worldwide. Um, I've been here for about six years, starting as an online communications specialist um, that really worked in the digital world. So I like started in, well, I graduated college and. Um, I kind of decided I just wanted to get the heck out of wherever my parents were. Love them. I love my (laughs) parents. And, like, we will come back to my parents. They're crazy, wonderful people. But, like, I just needed to figure out my life, and I didn't want to have to move home after college. Like, in my mind, I was like, I don't care if I have to work anywhere. I'm just going to keep applying, and sooner or later, I'll figure out what I want to do because I was an English major. And so, I don't know. I thought I wanted to be a professor, which – news is i'm not so um (laughs) so i just applied to everything right and i had different interviews i talked to people and i got two job offers the first one was doing pr for a porta potty company and the second one was working for a state senator named abel maldonado and i really weighed my options and i said yo porta potty is not for me i'm gonna go the political route
0: road less travel
1: (laughs) road less travel and like I knew nothing about politics Mm -hmm. and people I remember because I actually got my job before I graduated college. I graduated right before the recession. So literally 2007. So people were still kind of starting to struggle to get jobs. And I remember there were all these poli sci majors being like, how did you get a job in politics? And I'm like, I don't know. I answered a Craigslist ad. Literally, it was a Craigslist ad. That's that's how desperate I was to not move home Mm -hmm. was I was answering ads on Craigslist. Where's home? home, um, was Santa Cruz, California. And it's not that Santa Cruz is bad. Love it. Love it. But like, I don't want to move home with my parents. So anyway, um, we, um, so I was like, okay, fine. So I took the job with Abel. I kind of got into the politics things. I started writing his comm stuff. And then I was like, you know what, Abel, I really think that this Facebook digital world is going to take off in politics. And he was like, Okay, fine, if you want to make me a Facebook page, you can if you want it. and I started like learning about it. So I'm completely self-taught in what I do. Um, I have lots of mentors that don't realize actually they're my mentors. I just read their blogs all the time. Um and so from there, from Abel, I decided I stayed with him for a very long time. He ran for Lieutenant Governor, so forth, did comms there, and then I had a short stint at a small digital company um, where I learned that. I was not meant for that kind of work. Um, Yeah, ended in a rough spot there. Um, And instead of, you know, going out nicely, I kind of... My mom always tells me that I burn bridges while I stand on them. (laughs) And you will learn that I have. And that was one that I... Like, it was a... Yeah, I burned that bad boy bad. (laughs) So I actually took some of the clients with me because they didn't have a... Non compete clause. It like a Jerry
0: Maguire type thing.
1: Yeah, kind of, kind of worse. I don't know. It was young. I was super young, and they were young. Like the CEO was only a year older than me. So like the whole thing was just a shit show. So, um, and randomly, one of the clients was Buddy Romer, who was this guy out of Louisiana. He was a former governor, former congressman. He was good friends with John McCain and Lindsey Graham. He was kind of this really moderate Republican who believed in um not taking money from super PACs, uh, really low limits on election uh, donations. And I was like, dude, I can get behind that. And he was going to run for president. And he was like, he had a a cute, he has the cutest Southern accent. Um, He's from Louisiana. And he would be like, I'm going to run for president. I'm a congressman, a former, you know, um, governor, and I can do this. And I was like, sure, why not? And so we went on this wild ride of running Buddy Romer for president, which was We had no chance at all, but we like made it known in his digital world. And that's how I got my name out there. I got to speak at Harvard over about what to do digitally because Romer let me experiment on him. And after that, I was in the campaign world for a little bit more. And I woke up one day and I was like, I don't want to live on the road for the rest of my life. Like the people that that live on that road, you know, don't have relationships. Their friendships are downhill. You know, they're all they're doing is eating McDonald's and like. I don't want to do that. And so I had randomly met this girl who was also campaigning as a volunteer and she had called me up and was like, Hey, this place I'm working for needs someone to do digital. And I was like, okay. And I moved to DC.
0: (laughs) Now (laughs) here's what Morgan didn't say. She started a blog when she moved to DC and I have read it and demanded more episodes. Um, (laughs) and we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll circle back around yeah, to that. Dude, but I, I want like it was legit. Let's go back to not the beginning cuz no one wants to No, go my back beginnings to the beginning. are
1: like horrible, yeah.
0: But let's talk like nobody is born like an English major. Nobody is born a comms person. Where did it all start?
1: Um I let's see. Why? Um I don't know. I guess well, my mom and dad told me they wouldn't pay for college unless i was a major that meant something and to them that meant business so i actually started in college as a business major and then halfway through the first semester i told my parents i'm like fine don't pay for it i'll take out loans like i don't want to do this i want to read and my parents are like you're worthless you know <laughs> this your, your degree is worthless and i was like fine don't pay for it like I mean, everyone else has student loans. I'll just mm-hmm. take out student loans. And then, of course, they, I mean, of course, they back down. They were always going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. but um, And I'm super lucky like that. But I guess I just woke up and was like, I love reading. I've always loved overanalyzing things, overanalyzing people. And what English majors do It's like they read into a sentence and it takes them like two hours to like figure it out. So I don't know. I guess it was just the thing that I love to do. Most people do have to go to college for things they don't love. Mm-hmm. Um but I got to, which is great, but like, what do you do with that? So I was like, Oh, I'll become a teacher, but like, I don't really like kids, and that's not good. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll become a professor, and then I was like, Whoa, I have to go back to school for that. I'm not doing that. So I was like, mm. And then that's how I almost got to be a PR person for a porta pot company. But then I decided to go which, to politics.
0: I gotta tell you, a porta pot company PR person might have been okay, amazing. So, but what
1: they did actually was like, they put Can't make this shit up. So it's like, you know how in big sports venues they have porta potties that are like uh, in lined up? Mm -hmm. And so what they sold was the advertising and PR for like putting your company as like this huge sticker that went across the porta potties. Like
0: inside or outside? Outside. Okay.
1: So like when you're looking at porta potties, instead of seeing like those ugly green ones, it's actually like a huge sticker ad across, like a billboard that would be like designed so for porta potties. In essence, like. It's actually a good idea, I think. Mm-hmm. Just, it would, yeah, I'm glad I didn't take that. You know that. what's a
0: good idea? We should put them inside. Because what are you going to look well, at? Well, what are
1: you reading when you sit on the pot, right? Or right. squat, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, that would be smart too.
0: Don't anybody take our idea. We're doing that.
1: Yeah, right? That's my million dollar idea. Yeah, free. <laughs> <laughs> so many of those. Um, But yeah, so I kind of got, I got lucky. English, I mean, and it's interesting too, because I've worked with a lot of comms people that are English majors. And they're like, what the hell are we going to do with this? And it's like. Communications is just the easiest way to go. Um, you know, you can write, you can use it as, you know, that, that you can analyze things. You can write speeches in politics. You can write speeches for anyone else. You can write op-eds. It's like, kind of like the natural place.
0: So, for the kid right now who's sitting in school trying to figure out, like, what does a comms director do?
1: I mean, that, I still try to figure that out every day. <laughs> Like, you know, it's funny. Sometimes I wake up and I'm like, do I really know what I'm doing? You know, like that, they call it imposter syndrome. Mm. And I read about it in this like stupid self-help book probably. And I was like, oh my God, I have that. Like, ding, you know, like, cause there are days where I'm like, cause I'm self-taught, right? Like I've had people teach me, I've, I I Google everything. Um, I read PR daily and so forth. And I mean, that- So technically anyone could be a comms director, right? Like you don't even, there's like no real talent behind it. It's not like I'm a doctor and I had to go to medical school or, you know, I went to business school and now I know how to like do spreadsheets. Like I know nothing. Like I just studied Shakespeare. (laughs) So like, what do you do with that? So, I mean, it changes every day. Comms directors are different for every place. Um, It also matters how big your team is here. We have a really small team. So, you know, I rely a lot on my staff, but we we really try to message our work to the to our target audiences, whether it's the American people, the Hill, the administration, um, people overseas. And, and, and it's, it's talking, my favorite thing about comms is that it's talking to somebody that it's like having a conversation. It's trying to figure out, it's strategic in the ways of, okay, my target audience speaks this way. How do I match how they speak? How do I bring it to their level? Um, whether that level is higher than the things that we're trying to talk about or that level is like lower. So it's it's a it's trying to match the mood and um so in my way it's kind of like trying to figure out a puzzle. And so I kind of like it that for that. But it really matters day to day where you're at and what a comms director does. It's a cool job. I mean I'm a deputy but we kind of are in this two deputy system so we don't really have a director and it's great. Like we kind of, kinda of do our own thing. So it's nice. But I would love to see what a comms director does with a team of like eighteen.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, that would be that's a huge job. Um, but our little team of five just keeps chugging along.
0: You mentioned imposter syndrome or yeah, whatever it is, and I think that to some degree, everyone who's been self-taught like suffers from it. Oh, we yeah. all do. I mean, you always wonder. I found that online. Can it be hundred percent true? I mean, but also, that makes you work harder though. Like I feel like having been self-taught myself. You work harder because you're constantly worried someone's going to come in and be like, we've discovered that you're not the person. That's
1: exactly the problem. Like, Uh there is my biggest fear is someone coming in and being like, yo, your digital person's been doing it all wrong. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know? I mean, now there's school for these things. Like, not that I'm that old, but like I said, I graduated in 2007. But there are younger people that are coming in that have majors in digital media. And I'm like, "Uh, I Googled it. (laughs) It was a good hunch, you know, um, and it does make you hustle. I've always been one of those people. I think that like, I have always realized that I'm not always good. I'm never going to be the smartest in the room. I'm just not, I'm, I was a good student. I've done well, but I've always been like C plus to B plus student. Like, and that's with working, you know, like that's actually trying. That's not me like just floating by school, um, And so therefore, I'm never going to be the smartest. And I might not always have the right answers, but I will out hustle anyone. Like if you need me in at 6 a.m., I will be in 6 a.m. and I will have a smile on my face. And if you need me to work till 10 p.m., I'll do it. And if I'm answering emails at midnight because there's a problem, I'll do it. And that is definitely, I think, has gotten me as far as I have and very quickly um, because I think that a lot of people rely on how smart they are and how well they've done at school and that they can, you know, rely on, on always having the right answers. But that I don't, in our business, like the right answers doesn't mean anything. What we need is to proactively do things. And like, if you can't do it and you're not willing to give 110%, then you're going to get cut from the team. Um, and so I think that I always tell people, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I had somebody be like, will you talk to my younger sister? She really is into comms and she just got out of college. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure if I'm the best person to talk to. But this young lady came to me and she was like, she had really good questions. She's like, what do you look for in resumes? Like, if I get an interview, what do you want? I'm like, I want someone who's going to say, I will out hustle anyone, that I'm going to be the person to do what I need to do. And it's not that I'm going to take extra time to do it and overwork and not have a life balance, but it's that... If it needs to be done, no, nothing is too low to do it. Like, I'm kind of like one of those people that if there's a banner that needs to go up and people are doing other things, I'm not going to stop a junior staffer from doing their stuff to go help me with the banner. I will sit and steam the banner on the ground if I have to. It shit needs to get done. And I think that's
2: a quality that that outweighs a lot of other things.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, that was one of those moments where you're like, well, well I heard that and true, <laughs> I have no fuck up um, Well, I mentioned your blog. Oh yeah. And I can't, okay. if you haven't been able to tell by now, Morgan is like super personality. She's one of the best people you'll ever meet. It's <laughs> um, bad. We're going to talk about the blog because it's amazing, but hidden little gem about Morgan, She was on one of those shows on what was uh oh,
1: yeah, say yes to the dress, but it wasn't say yes to the dress, it was Randy the rescue because Randy came to me. So I was in at that point, I was in California, so Mm -hmm. I was out in San Francisco.
0: You gotta tell me, how does that even happen? (sighs)
1: So I have this friend named Kathy, she's about 10 years older than me, and she's like, she's calmed down a lot, Mm -hmm. and she's married with a kid now, but like, Kathy is like, just wild and she's so much fun and she's always had great jobs and she's super successful but like her ideas are so big and nothing's out of the box so she I was supposed to get married and that's a whole nother story but like I was supposed to get married and uh, she emails me and goes guess what it was like I think it was like Facebook message I'm like what Kathy And she's like Randy is coming to San Francisco and they need people to tape themselves to tell them why they need Randy to rescue them for the wedding dress. Mm. And I'm like, Kath, like, I don't think so. Like, I just (laughs) don't know if that's like my jam. On top of that, like, most people bring their moms to that thing. My mom is definitely not going to want to do that. Like, I don't know. And so (laughs) she convinced me to do the stupid test video. And I did it. I did it on like an iPad and um, sent it in. And I was in Phoenix, Arizona because I was on a campaign. And I get a call from a New York number. And I'm like, oh, God, who is this? And if you're on campaigns, like you answer that phone. So I answer it. And it's the casting agency for Randy to the Rescue. And they go, you know, we really liked your video. We think that we want to talk to you a little bit more. So it was just a chit chat. I'm like literally working, but I'm like, OK, I'm going to chit chat with you. And then they called me back the next day and they're like, can we get your bridesmaids names and what they want to do? We want to book you. And I'm like, whoa, like this went from zero to 100 really, really fast. And they were like, no, you are definitely like. We think that you will be the number one person we want. So they ended up actually like working around my schedule because they thought that my group of friends and me and my mother would be like. TV gold, um, which if if back then they had the option of doing like, you know, now in like when you have a dish or Comcast where you can do the unedited version, mm-hmm. um, if they had that, I think we would have been on TV. But unfortunately, my friends are a little bit crazy. My mom was really upset about having to go. We had to be there really early. It was all day filming. They had to do a makeover, all these things. And um, it was the same day as the playoff game for the 49ers and the Seahawks. And so she was really bitchy about that and, like, demanded a TV. And then my friends got, like, at, like, 10 a.m., they started drinking champagne. (laughs) And so that kind of went down the door, like, downhill. And then, like, you know, they – it just was – it was so bad. It was really bad. It was really bad. Like, they were doing the one-on-one interviews, and they're like, Morgan, like, why do you like this dress? And like. I don't know. I just say whatever was on my mind. I'm like, well, it has bo- pockets to put my, you know, booze in it, so I can get down the aisle. And they're like, you can't say that on TV. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's the truth. Like, I really like that dress because it has pockets in it. Um, and then we <laughs> got a call. My booze. Uh, yeah, I got to get my booze. And so, um, they called me back like three days ago, and there or three days later, and they were like, listen, you were great. Like, we had worked around you and told you we were going to use you, but like. We started looking at it, and, like, there was too many F-bombs. Your friends were out of control. One girl just walked out in the middle of the interview and was like, yo, I got to go pee. And, like, like we, we didn't think that you guys were those kinds of people when you sent us the resumes. Because they actually had done, like, backgrounds on my friends. Like, what did they do? What college did they go to? Like, what degrees do they have? And, like, they're smart girls. Like, three of them have masters. And, you know, one's, like... Was that, you know, a big PR agency? Mm -hmm. And one was a teacher. And I think that, like.
0: And they ended up getting the cast from Bridesmaids.
1: Right. Worse, probably. But yes. And so, yeah, it was really bad. It was. (laughs) But, you know, what was really cool is that the end, I think Randy realized, like, let's just cut our ties with the crazy ones. And then he walked up to me and he's like, what are you guys going to do? And my mom was like, well, not watch the game. And then I was like, whoa. And then. Also, at one point, Randy,
2: <laughs>
1: Randy, and actually, I think there's a Facebook post about this, but Randy turns to my mom and goes, how the hell do you put up with her? And my mom's like, I drink. <laughs> and my friends are like, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, so Randy goes and realizes that, like, this group's out of control. And so he's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, well, my favorite drink is a salty dog. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, I love salty dogs. Um And he goes, do you want to go grab him? So we all went to drinks with Randy. It was actually pretty legit. And he pretty much never spoke to us.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that relationship was over.
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. They were pissed. <laughs> because they usually do filming after, over two days. Mm-hmm. And they had jammed us all into one because my mom would not miss another day at work. Right. So, and it was a Sunday, clearly. Oh, she didn't want to miss Monday at work. And so... Yeah, they were like, fine, you're the only bride we've ever jammed a full day of filming in just for you. Like, made me feel super guilty about it, and then we just, like, rolled in.
0: Your mom must be an amazing person to just drop everything and come to help you film well, what basically never aired.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, she never even followed up of, like, was it on TV. I don't even <laughs> think she knows it never was aired. She probably was like, whatever, I don't care. No, my mom is cr- – yeah, my mom's amazing. She's a lawyer, and she's, she's smart and bright. Um, she's just – insanely smart and like really intense all the time Mm -hmm. like yeah
0: (laughs) was there a lot of pressure on you to like do well in school and all that stuff from having like
1: oh i think they were like dude she'll always be a b student that's totally fine (laughs) no i think they were just happy (laughs) about that
0: as long as she's not dead. Great. Right? Like,
1: well, they were like as long as she's like not flunking and we see her doing her homework and she's playing a sport, like we realize that like this is okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Making the decision to move across the country is huge. Like I can't make the decision to move 15 minutes from where I live now. You went from literally one coast to the next. Yeah. And then and here's the best part, and then wrote about it.
1: Yeah, I did. It was yeah. crazy.
0: And you'll f- look for it on your own. I'm not going to give out the address. <laughs> no,
1: don't, because I haven't even updated it since, like, I moved here pretty much.
0: Yeah, no, it's been what? Four, five years, four five years? years.
1: Yeah, I should probably take that down, actually. There was
0: literally a promise on the blog that she would update. <laughs> and then I just didn't. I forgot it. I was like, I can't do this right now. I have too much work. I discovered it by accident and literally forgot time for, I think it was probably about 45 minutes <laughs> I was reading through. So embarrassing. Oh, my God. It's... I'm not going to tell you what the address is, but you guys are smart and you can find it on your own. And oh, when yeah, for you sure. do, demand more blog posts. <laughs> yeah. No. Demand I
1: it. it. I will fire me. Well, I mean, it yes. may
0: be for the good of, of all of us. That's
1: true. Good of uh, the people.
0: And, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll get something out of the blog. Maybe... Like a TV show. If they made a show about your life, that would be amazing. No,
1: it's like an inside joke with all my friends. They were like, your family is a walking disaster. Um, in a good way. In a good way. But like, <laughs> they're like, a t- you guys would have a film crew. Like, actually, I think like we were just talking about it like three weeks ago in my group chat with all my college friends. They were like, the person that needs a show is Morgan. I'm like, absolutely not. Because I would, I would never get hired for mm-hmm. anything ever again. My whole family would like be out of jobs. Home. <laughs> It's just, like, we're a little weird, you know? But, yeah, we moved. I moved cross-country for IRI, which now that I say that is kind of crazy. Um, I don't know. I had nothing to lose. I was like, okay, I got this job. I don't really want to work in California politics right now. I just got off a national campaign, so I kind of want to, like, do something else. I was like, whatever. So I just picked up – well, I packed everything I could – I rented a minivan. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I had a dog named Bubba at the time. And I had read horror stories about shipping your dog in the airplane.
0: Remember that because we're going to come back to the dog. You're going to love that. But...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. No. different dog though. This is Bubba. Okay. So Bubba, I got Bubba when I was like 23. He was like on death doggy row. Um, and he was a half pit bull, half pointer mix. He was the love of my life. Like I still, like he passed away, but he was like my everything. And so anyway. So I read these, like, horror stories of, like, dogs, you know, die on Delta. And I'm, like, fuck. So, We're you know. sorry, Delta. Yeah, like, sorry, Delta. But I really think it was Delta. And so, anyway, <laughs> um, note to self. Um, so I'm, like, okay, I can't ship him. Like, can't put him on a train. He mm-hmm. was, like, a 60-pound pit bull mix. I'm, like, fuck. So I was, like, okay. And then, also, I had a car at the time. So at one time, I was, like, you know what? I'll drive my – I had a Highlander like I'll drive the Highlander cross country. And then I tried to start figure out parking in DC. I had like gotten an apartment site unseen because I didn't have time from the day that they offered me the job to actually come out here and pick an apartment and go back. Plus, I was on a budget. And so I was like, okay, I just picked like a place that I knew was safe and got like a 400 square foot apartment in DuPont for like, way overpriced and was like okay whatever at least i know i'm safe i know dupont circle well well enough that i know how to get to work mm-hmm. like this is a new city but parking was like 300 a month and i'm like i'm not doing that so i was like okay highlander is out got to sell that bad boy i'm like what the heck am i gonna do i'm like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna rent a minivan and drive it across country so i did so <laughs> i rented a minivan swear to you everything that i could fit fit in that minivan. Um, I had nothing else shipped. I bought a bed here. That's it. Everything else, all my possessions, right? Everything else I either gave away or sold. I convinced my friend Melinda that it was a good idea for her to come with me. She was like, listen, I don't have much, <laughs> I don't have much vacation time for work. So I can only take four days off work. Um, and I want to stop at Graceland. I'm like, okay, fine. Four days, Graceland, whatever you want. I just don't want to do this by myself with the dog. So me, Melinda, and Bubba, the sixty pound Bubba pit bull, get in this minivan and drive from Santa Cruz County to Washington D.C. in three and a half days. Jesus. So we went from Santa Cruz to Albuquerque, New Mexico. The first day, we got (laughs) stopped by the police in Arizona. And he pulls me over, and I'm driving. And, like, I mean, the car is packed. You cannot see out the back. You can't see out the windows. Melinda's, like, can barely sit. There's stuff in... Like, if there was a crevice, there was something in that thing. And so the cop, like, rolls down his window... The dogs in the back and, like, leaning out the window, like, help me, Jesus. These people are crazy. They have, like, (laughs) they they have kidnapped me, these crazy women. And Melinda, like, does musical theater. And so we were, like, blasting. We had a theory that we wanted to listen to a musical in that, like, that was for every state or something. So like in Oklahoma, we listened to Oklahoma, and there was other ones, but for we couldn't think of one for Nevada, and so we did something, oh, we did like Wicked because it had gone on tour in Vegas or something. Anyway, so we're like singing, like all of a sudden I look back, and I'm like, fuck, dude, it's the police. And I look at my speedometer, and I'm at like 95, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm going to get this ticket. So I pull over, and so I roll down the window, Mel- Melinda's window, clearly, the passenger, the dog sticking his head out. And the guy goes, the policeman goes, ma'am. And we're like, hello. He goes, uh, I need your license and your rental agreement because he's already run our ta- plate, mm. So he knows. so Melinda opens up the glove compartment and, like, because we're also with the re- rental. And, like, I swear to God, like, it was granola bars, tissue, tampons, everything. Everything's falling because we had used every crevice, right? <laughs> for things. Like, and she's like, rushing through it. I'm like, I'm really sorry, officer. I promise we have it. And she's like, throwing shit and like I'm pretty sure like at one point the tampon hits the officer when he's moving his head he's petting Bubba and he's like how long has he been in the car and I'm like I don't know and I'm like I'm really sorry officer I got really caught up singing show tunes and he goes so where are you two ladies going and we're like Washington and he goes state because you're headed in the wrong direction looking at my California ID I'm like no DC and he looked at me he goes oh Melinda's like we're doing a road trip in three and a half days. And he looked at us and he was like, okay, listen, you two ladies be safe. Here's a fix it ticket. Stop speeding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, thanks so much. And he goes, and stop singing show tunes. I'm like, "Uh-huh." <laughs> and it, like <laughs> we rolled up the window and Melinda's like, oh, that was a close one. I'm like, did we ever even find the rental agreement? She's like, no, like she's like holding granola bars. It's everywhere. So we did that. We stopped at Graceland, left the dog in the car, poor dog. And then um we made it in three and a half days three and a half days that's crazy yeah dude it was long and then we got there and there was no bed because the bed wasn't delivered yet so me and melinda slept on the ground and then melinda being the champ she is her job made her go to work the next day so she worked for a pr company a firm that had an office here in dc and so she went and worked at the dc office the next day in order to put in her hours
0: you owe melinda oh my life uh... My life, my credit firstborn. She doesn't want children, though, so. Yeah. director credit on the movie, EP or something.
1: It was a, it, that, yeah. By the time we rolled in, the check engine light was on of the car. We had two missing hubcaps because I had hit a curb and they had bounced off and we couldn't get them back on. Half the bumper was missing because Melinda had hit a pole. <laughs> and, like, I had to return the, the car to the only, because here we go again. I didn't know anything about DC, so I just was like, Reagan National is probably the best way to return it. So, literally, it was, like, barely making it to Reagan. Like, I filled it up, and, like, I was like, oh, dear. Is this even going to make it? Are they going to char- charge me? Yes, they did. But the thing was, I mean, I don't think they could have reused it. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So,
0: Bubba. Now
1: Bubba was the half-pointer, and then he passed away, and then I got Roosevelt. All
0: right. Well, wait a minute. Because I remember you telling me you had a racist dog.
1: Oh, that was Bubba. Bubba Bubba was racist. (laughs) How does it... I don't know. I have no idea, but he didn't like anyone that was anything but white. And, like, I'm not (laughs) even white, so it's not... Like, I'm half Mexican, so... But he was very iffy with anyone. And he would just sit there and just look at them and growl and look at me and be like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And I'm like, no! Stop! You're embarrassing me! And he would do it. He was... I mean, Bubba... I called him my spirit animal because he judged everyone. Like, mm-hmm. he would sit there and just, like, judge. He didn't want. He never wanted to exercise or do anything, which I don't either. And, like, his whole entire life, all he wanted to do was, like, sit on the couch and then sit outside and look at people. And then bark at them and scare them on purpose. He used to scare people on purpose. <laughs> he would just sit there, and people would come closer to him, and then he would bark and growl at them. And, and he wouldn't jump or anything. He would just do it to, like, scare them and then, like, sit back and be like, ha, 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 idiots. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you replaced Bubba. And then you got Roosevelt and Roosevelt. uh, I don't even know where to begin with this story, but Roosevelt only (laughs) speaks Spanish.
1: Well, no, she speaks English now, but like, so I got her and I adopted her from the Humane Rescue Alliance and they were like, yeah, we think she's a little slow. She's definitely been returned already twice. And I'm like, I'll take her. She's just like a hundred pound American bulldog. I love big dogs. Clearly. I always go for the underdog. It's like, I want the dog that no one else wants. For reasons I don't know, and so, yeah, like I took her to class. Like I would tell her to sit, and she would look at me like, "Uh," and then she'd be like, "Oh yeah, I got that," and she would sit. So she was always like twenty seconds behind all Mm. the other dogs, and I was just kind of like, "Maybe she's just dumb, and that's okay. Not everyone's smart. I'm not always the smartest. (laughs) Like that's cool." You do you.
0: Maybe my dog is dumb.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's true. Like, maybe she's just not the smartest pup in the world. You know? She can get by on her look. She's pretty. And so I was like, fine. So then one day I was just walking her, like, six blocks from my house. And this guy comes up to me. And he asks me to take out my headphones. And I say, and I'm used to this. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially men, who really want to know about Roosevelt because she's so big for a girl dog. And they want to know if they, I'm going to breed her. It's like this fascination, and I'm always like, no, she's fixed. But anyway, so he, like, signals to me to take out his earbuds, and I go, okay, whatever. So I take him out, and he goes, hey, what's your dog's name? And I look at him, (laughs) and I'm like, Rosie. And he goes, oh, well, that sure looks like my old dog, Nala. And (laughs) at that second, I remember the fact that when I got Rosie at the humane rescue alliance that her name was Nala. <laughs> and Rosie's going berserko, right? So you know how okay, let's go let's go back. I have a racist dog named Bubba who doesn't like anyone except for me. Maybe some white people, maybe. And then I have Rosie who loves everyone and has no stranger danger. She wants to give kisses to everyone. She wants to love everyone. She doesn't understand that people do not love her. She is very upset when she isn't loved by every... I mean, she will stop in the middle of a crosswalk to say hello to people. Like, it is... This goes back to maybe she's dumb, but whatever. (laughs) So she's going berserko. She's jumping up and down. She's doing circles. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So, like, I have this random guy approaching me, telling me that this is his dog, probably. Rosie's going nuts. I'm like, okay, this is really awkward. And he's like... And so I go, oh, I pull out my cell phone and I text message my boyfriend and my best friend and in a group text and go, if something, if you don't hear from me, I'm on third and R, <laughs> I'm help. I'm Right, I'm being murdered for the dog, right? And so he pets her and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he starts speaking Spanish to her and she's like <laughs> sitting, rolling over, doing fucking tricks and I'm like, Jesus Christ, she's not dumb, she speaks Spanish, she's
2: bilingual. <laughs>
1: and i'm like fuck you know and like i'm like okay well that's the first thing and then like he goes in about the fact that you know he gave his dog to his sister to watch nala aka rosie um when he went to prison and that like his sister was supposed to watch nala and that um you know
2: <laughs>
1: that um oh that nala then uh, he got a letter from his sister in prison that said that Nala ate too much, which is, pro- this is not a lie, and uh, that she had to give her away. And I was like, this fucking guy's gonna ask for his dog back. And like, I've now had her for like, it was a while. I bet you it was over three months. And I'm like, I'm not giving the dog back. And top of that, I had to donate $300 to the Humane Rescue Alliance. Fuck that, get your own fucking dog. And so then he's like, do you know she's a purebred American bulldog? I'm like, no, how am I supposed to know that? I adopted her. Anyway, I mean, he didn't ask for her back, but then he asked for my cell phone number. It was kind of awkward. And then I was like, the only thing I could do was give him my work number because it was the only number I could think of off the top of my head. And I figured IT could block him if I really needed to. And he like text messaged me and was like... She really likes frozen bananas, which she does, and like, I mean, nice tip, dude. But <laughs> like, like,
0: thanks. You're not getting the dog back,
1: right? But like, what do you say? Like, I'm like, okay, really got to go now. And like, Rosie was so happy to see him, and I'm like, this is like what hell is. But yeah,
0: <laughs> she's bilingual. So somewhere there's a guy out there looking for his dog, and he's gonna just spring. Well, up no, I'm
1: not sure. I, like, he who knows? I mean, it was really fucking awkward. <laughs> It makes for a really good story, though. It and does. she does she does tricks in Spanish, you know? It's a great, like, when I have a party, I'm like, do you want to see my dog? She does tricks in
0: Spanish. But you don't speak Spanish. None.
1: my last name is Martinez. My dad spoke Spanish only till he was 12. I don't
0: speak a word of Spanish. <laughs> so you've got a dog that would prefer you speak Spanish. Yeah,
1: and I can't speak it. Yeah. I mean, I, like, took it, because I'm from California. It's, like, one of those things, like, they do it in Catholic school. I went to Catholic school. But I took it in high school, and I opened up. The test and like couldn't even read the questions for AP, and I had to walk out. Like, I was like, This mm.
0: the best hustle I ever heard. I knew a young lady, she was from Venezuela, mm-hmm. and she convinced the school that, that she didn't, that she was not like a native speaker. So they put her in like regular, oh, poor American learn Spanish. She's passing with straight. I'm A's. telling you,
1: the school system's really fucked up. Listen to this. So, <laughs> when my dad was young, now I'm not saying that like it's probably changed a lot, and I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but like, so my dad was born in 1952. So anyway, he doesn't speak English. My grandmother pulls him from Texas to California because they are poor. And she's told that the the roads are paved with gold and like that she would get all these jobs and all these things. And on top of that, she really hated my grandfather at the time. And so she was like pulling my dad away from his his dad's crazy family Mm because his dad was his dad's family was even crazier than I can even discuss. So anyway, um. They pull him over and they're like, they put him in class. And for like five months, I think, four to five months, he went home. My grandmother asked what he was doing. He was like, fine, fine, fine. And then my grandfather comes back to find his son because, hello, his wife took him, <laughs> right. which I would consider kidnapping, but it's 1952, so who knows. And um, my, <laughs> my dad goes, my grandpa goes, Emilio, in Spanish, Emilio, like house class. And my dad goes, I don't know, dad, everyone looks the same. My grandpa goes, what do you mean, Emilio? And they call him Junior. What do you mean, Junior? My dad's like, you know, Dad, need I remind you? I think he's like, no. Side note, neither my grandmother or my dad can uh, confirm when my dad moved to California. They have different years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, my dad thinks he was seven. My dad, mom, my grandmother thinks he was 12. Large <laughs> difference. That's a five-year gap. Yeah. And my grandfather's dead. So who knows? No one knows. No one. Mm-hmm. So who knows how old he is? We're going to go with seven, though. <laughs> And so my grandfather's like, "And Emilio, what do you mean?" And he goes, "Grand uh, Dad, everyone looks the same." So my grandfather's like my grandfather was like, "My dad always says, "I'm just like my grandfather, so I can only imagine that he was just like, "Well, I'm going to go figure that out." And so he went over there and he realized that, yeah, everyone kind of did look the same because he was in the class for special needs, and everyone had Down syndrome because they thought he was a mute, but in reality, he just didn't speak English. <laughs> So my grandfather's like, he's not a mute. He doesn't speak English. And they're like, well, how are we supposed to know? And my dad's like, I don't know. Talk to him. But yeah.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. That girl, she actually ended up getting caught. <laughs> and then they switched her to Spanish for Spanish speakers. And she, and then she started failed? started flunking. Well, of course. Because her parents spoke, like, colloquial. Venezuela. It's different. Yeah. It's
1: totally different. Like, uh, I don't know why I'm talking like I know this. Because I don't <laughs> know shit about Spanish. But... It's, like, my dad can read it and write it, mm-hmm. but it's not real Spanish. Like, it's very different than what mm-hmm. people are taught in schools. It's, like, Spanglish. Yeah, it's not good.
0: I only know enough to how to order, like, drinks at the yeah, bar. Yeah,
1: food, bar. I went to Cancun in, at senior and, or junior year of college.
0: I know how to, like, get around Cancun. Is that guy your boyfriend? I also know how to say that Oh, in that's,
1: yeah. I mean, kind of shady, but good.
0: <laughs> All right, we've. Covered so much,
1: but. <laughs> and we didn't even get into the part that my grandmother, my great grandmother, the witch that was the bootlegger. Wait, wait. <laughs> oh God, you remember that? Oh my God,
0: <laughs> I don't even. I don't even know how to unpack that one.
1: Well, so remember when I said my dad left Texas mm-hmm. because my grandmother was trying to run away from the crazy family? Mm-hmm. So my grandfather. So I've never met half of these people either, okay. right? Like they all died very young, and we'll go into that in a second, but. So my the reason why they <laughs> the reason why they were running away was because my grandfather's family from what I know was actually wealthy in the Mexican world and Mexican by I mean Texan. All grandparents were born in America and great grandparents were born in America, but like they were considered what I mean for instance, my dad had to drink out of the colored water fountains mm-hmm. growing up in Texas. So they were kind of in that segregated—not kind of—they were right. segregated. And in this town in Texas, only white people could own businesses. Okay. Everyone else was kind of shunned, or they would just make your life miserable. Except for the Martinez family, because it was a dry, it was a dry county, and um, my great grandmother was the only bootlegger. <laughs>
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, it is said, and I haven't known, I have not, there's no way to confirm this, but the rumor is is that's because she shot the other bootlegger. <laughs> oh, Knowing the stories, I think that is might be true. Anywho, so listen to this. So she convinces the town that the only mechanic could be her husband. So they have money, right? And they have all, oh, she also had a dream before she had kids that um, if she didn't name them with ease, they would all die. So she had Irbe, Elfago. Emilio, my grandfather, Emma, Elda, and there was one more that died at a young age, but yeah, all of them, E's, crazy names. So anyway, my dad says when he was a kid, he remembers that, so his, his grandmother, so my great-grandmother, would pick him up, and she used to have a caddy, and it was, and she would pick him up and tell him, mijo, get in the car. And she would be with his, her two daughters who were always like in leather pants and, and leopard skin jackets and like furs. And would um, my dad would get in the car and sit next to the, um, the huge uh, rifle, right? Like the shotgun. It was a shotgun. And his job was to open the beers while his grandmother drove with the two sisters down to Mexico to bootleg to buy booze. Mm-hmm. And so they would get over the boater, buy booze, and then um, also buy parrots because I guess there was a big need for parrots in Texas. And so then they would buy the parrots in Mexico and then shove booze down their throats so they would all sleep and put them in the trunk. And then my dad says he remembers like, then my great grandmother and her or her uh, daughters would sit and party in Mexico and smoke cigarettes. And I think he said parliament lights, he would smoke parliament lights and he would fall asleep next to the shotgun in the bar. And then she would pick him up, put him in the car, and take him home. No wonder my grandmother was like, peace out, motherfuckers. I'm not <laughs> dealing with this shit. But the problem is, is they really had money. And my grandma was super poor, like no running water poor, right? And so she was like, how do I balance the fact that, like, they're the only reasons why we're surviving? But yeah, so my that's how my dad grew up, is with this crazy woman. Like, and so, like, my dad said, like, her sons were out of control. They were always, like, carrying guns and crap. My grandfather, they were always, like, they ran around the town. Because when it came down to it, Like, the sheriff came to to his grandmother to go get the the alcohol.
0: The parrots, though, is is the part that...
1: I know, that's how you know the story's true. (laughs) I always was kind of like, this sounds like a fucked up, made up story that maybe my dad made up. But then you, like, you add the parrots and you're like, ooh, that's not something you make up. And the fact that they would... Like, literally, my dad said they would open the two... Like, it took two people to open up the mouth of the parrot... And then shoved the booze down it, and then so then it would get drunk, and they had to be really careful because some of them died of alcohol poisoning. So you had to be careful. <laughs> and then, um, then they would fall asleep, and you just threw them on the trunk so they wouldn't fly around, and you would sell them. They were a lot of money.
0: All right, that tears it. We're making a move. <laughs> we're making a move. Yeah. So
1: she sold alcohol out of her house. Alcohol, I think. Now he hasn't said this, but I think probably guns and then spells, because she. Oh, that was the other part. She believed she was a witch, so she did. She was was a bruja. That's what she called herself. So she did. uh, My dad said she probably made the most money actually selling her spells and casting spells on people. I mean, no wonder my grandmother was like, yo, get in the car. (laughs) You're leaving. My dad says, like, he believed, like, and like I said, the story's fucked up because who knows how old he was. No one knows what the truth is. It could be totally like in, like, whatever. But they both agreed that it was actually, they had to take my dad in the middle of the night to get him out the door because Mm -hmm. they were worried that the Martinez family would find out that they had like pretty much kidnapped into California.
0: So we're doing the Hispanic version of Animal Kingdom. That's what we're doing.
1: Oh, I'm totally down for that. My family yeah. was bad. And no, I mean, and like my dad, we don't even talk to anyone.
0: Yeah, I tell you, we got at least three seasons.
1: At, oh, you could do a whole season on the bootlegging, yeah. you know, spell casting. I mean, like, and it was weird. Like when I was growing up, my mom said, you have to remember, my mom's like white, mm. middle-class white. And she said she walked into the house and she had left me for the first time with my grandma on my dad's side. And she walked in. And she goes, and you were laying down and you had red fuzz on your forehead. And I asked Louisa, my grandmother, <laughs> why does Morgan have red fuzz on her forehead? And Louisa goes, well, she had the hiccups. And my mom goes, okay. And, and they were, she was like, well, that's, the, that's how you get rid of hiccups is with red fuzz. And my mom's like, no, children just have hiccups. Like you don't get rid of it with red fuzz on their forehead.
0: And I was like, that's when I realized you're not staying there anymore by yourself. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're down in Tijuana with parrots.
1: No, yeah, I don't know. no, it wasn't Tijuana because it was Texas, but whatever it was, it was like this little, yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, I've come a really long way. <laughs> <laughs> how did, like, you know, I mean, actually, how did my dad survive? I'm really thinking about this now. Like, everything was going against him. Yeah. I mean... I mean, now my dad, so my dad said that too. He's like crazy. I love him. But like, you know, so he was getting beat. So finally, when they finally realized, you know, he's not dumb. He just doesn't speak English. um, He learned English quickly. And then for like long periods of time, he would just get beat up because he had an accent. Right. And so he like one day was like woke up and was like, I'm sick of like fighting. I'm just going to not have an accent anymore. And my dad said by the time he was in – and my grandma said this, too. By the time he was in junior high, zero – my dad has zero accent. Mm-hmm. And he didn't know English until what he was – well, I mean, the, the age is still questionable. But it's anywhere from 7 to 12 is when he first heard English for the first time.
0: And this was, like, probably at this point the 60s? Or...
1: Yeah, well, he's born in 52, so that means he probably left to California anywhere between, like – 62 is probably, like, we'll give it a medium point. So, yeah, it's the 60s. So then – I mean, I mean, at least California wasn't as segregated though. I mean, mm. at that point it was getting better, but like growing up in Texas, like colored school, colored water fountain, um it was bad. Um, and he also, because he was poor, and my grandma was didn't want to take money from the bootlegger all the time, no running water outhouse outside. So I mean, like he's done pretty well for himself, mm. and like the fact that like he grew up also in the back of a car with a shotgun and you know, semi-dead parrots like.
0: I mean, that's a guy's a survivor.
1: He's and he's a hustler. My mm. dad is a hustler. So was my grandfather, my I've heard. Mm. But um yeah, he's a survivor and he's a hustler. He's the one who's always told me like you don't have to be the smartest. You don't have to be the best. Like at like that one thing. He's like, But if you out hustle person, somebody, you will always make more money, you will always be the top, you will always be like do well for yourself. And so far I mean like kinda worked. I don't know. Talk to me in like five years. <laughs>
0: Actually, I'm glad you said that. Let's do it this way. What's next? And where do you see yourself in 5 years?
1: Dude, that questions like really, really fucking hard. you Isn't know, it? like
0: But it's like it's easy for me to ask, to ask it? Yeah. yeah,
1: it's like a cheap shot, you know? I'm not <laughs> sure. I like So, back in the day, like if you would have asked me this like 2 years ago, I was very money driven. Like I was like I will do anything for extra cash, like not extra cash, but like I will go to whatever's next, whatever the highest bidder. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna go to the highest bidder. And then like, I don't know what happened. I turned like 32 and I was like, Morgan, like that's a really fucking bad decision. And um, maybe I got feelings, I'm not really sure. <laughs> don't really think so. And anyone at IRI will tell you I don't. But like, um, now I kind of like want to just make sure that I stay in something that when I wake up in the morning, I know I'm, like, doing a little bit of good. Probably, I think my theory might be is, like, my life has, like, I've done, like, skeptical things a lot of my life, so maybe this is the time <laughs> to be, so like, to yeah, right, to pay it forward. But, like, I think that means more than money. So I think I want to go, you know, to a larger nonprofit, go be a comms director in a, you know, a nonprofit there, or even, like, a deputy in a, with a bigger team, um. I wouldn't mind working for a cause that is more domestic unlike us, which is international. But yeah, something came into me and now I'm, I, I really feel like I just want to keep kind of moving that needle, wh- mm. whatever the needle that is. So, I mean, I guess we all have goals, but I think that for me, is my next job since I've been here for five years will probably be the job that like is there for a really long time. Like right. Forever job. No, no because like maybe if i have to work for a long time which looks like i will because i'm not making a whole bunch of money well
0: we are going to sell a film
1: right right we can sell my dad's life story i'm telling you whoever writes my dad's life story i will get i will talk to you we can write it down the man is i mean there's hundreds of hours of that craziness i'm
0: thinking leguizamo
2: i'm telling you dude
1: also like no, we have to actually we should probably make sure he I wish I would have met my grandfather, too, because I heard he was insane. Mm-hmm. Like the man like decided to go to New York and ran like who knows what he was totally shady, came back and then like was like, you know what I want to do is like make machines and had no engineering degree. And then he just like invented the machine that freezes fruit hole. OK. But then
0: he <laughs> so he just came back and was like, you know what? This looks like it goes with that.
1: He was always my dad said Let's he was always pressures. Yeah, like you know, I said that his his father was a mechanic and I think he just grew up and his brain was like
0: that was how it worked. I gotta tell you, I'm not that smart.
1: I'm not I did not get those genes. No, no. I did not get those and that's like really weird because my dad's really smart. My mom, like I said, psycho smart. She like went to law school after having me because she decided she didn't like being a mom. And Which was cool. Mm. I think it was fine. And then she was like, you know, well, she didn't. She was like, you know, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, I need to go do something. And so she's like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to become a lawyer at, like, 33. And so she went to school. And then she's like, you know what I'm going to do is get pregnant with my second kid in the middle of becoming a lawyer. (laughs) And then she was like, and then I'm going to take a final and, like, finish it even though I'm going into labor. And then drive. And then have your brother. And then, you know, nurse your brother while, um... (laughs) taking the bar in the middle of it and still pass, oh, and still be, you know, the head of her law review, the editor of her law review. All of that while having like kids and pregnant. And I'm like, I can barely pass the SATs. Yeah, I like, don't feel
0: like I'm smart enough to be in a room with your parents. Yeah,
1: right? And then they have me and my brother. My brother is like film major, and I was an English major, and they were like...
0: <sighs> so they get two creatives.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what they get for being little bitches. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, no, it's not my mom's fault. My dad always says, though, because my dad was a big troublemaker, which, like I said, big time, like, out of control. And my dad, my grandfather used to be like, karma is going to be your kids. And he says that I'm his, me and my brother is his karma.
0: My kids are going to be horrible then.
1: Oh, that means my kids are going to be smart. See, this is my theory. Like, it goes smart, mediocre, but hustles. Smart. So, like, you know, my kids will be the next generation of smartness, hopefully.
0: I mean, yeah, knock on wood. Let's find some wood.
1: There's no wood in here. Everything's fake. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's true. We're on a budget. We're a nonprofit. Um, but yeah. I mean, my family's great. They're cool. They have crazy stories. My dad's stories are crazy, but the one thing they like, I go back to it. The one thing they always taught me is like outrun them. Outpractice. You know, with sports, outpractice them, outrun them. Just keep going and you will do better than everyone else and like people ask me i just had that young girl that was asking me like she was like what do i do i'm like hustle there are such things as dumb questions Mm -hmm. google it before you ask the question like i am 100 percent positive there are dumber people out there than you are which means there's an answer on fucking google don't ask the question google it like and then hustle and then if all else fails just refer it back and go apply for new jobs (laughs)
0: <laughs> but honestly, I think everyone should take away from that, because I mean, I didn't go to school for sound engineering or how no. to be a podcaster or any of those things. Honestly, people, if you can't find it on YouTube, it doesn't exist
1: honestly and but I mean college, this is not like a bashing of college like huh. I think your degree makes you learn critical thinking, and I think that that is something that is worth paying for. But everyone tells you you expect these eighteen year olds to pick their majors. And you're, they're just happy to go and party and that's fine. But like, your major does not define you. It does not, it's not going to matter unless you're going to be a pre-farm, a pre-dent, you know, I hate to tell people who are doing pre-law, but that's fake. And like, (laughs) it is. My mom was a community studies major at UC, at UCSC, which is UC Santa Cruz. And back in then, because Santa Cruz is Hippieville, they only gave pass and fail grades. P and F. That's it. And she still got into a top law school because of her (laughs) essay, like in her LSAT scores. Like,
0: Well, I think that college, um, I always say this, nothing I've ever used in life came from college. Except for the fact that I had to figure out who I was, how I learned, and how to, like, what my bottom was. Like. College, I believe everyone should be on, like, a very s- slim budget when you go to college. I like, agree. Okay. My mom put me on a $50 a month budget. You better believe I figured out how to live. <laughs> <it. laughs> because, I mean, that $50 was gone in a week. <laughs> You're fucked. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Maybe walking up that hill in the snow to go to a job might not be the worst option.
1: I think also, but, like, okay, so I learned planning, right? Mm. I learned how to budget my time. And you know what, I learned how to make sure that, you know, I could get here or there without a car or with the car or make sure that I could balance class and a job. You know, I had make sure I have enough time to see my friends and party and drink and still get bees because that was what was acceptable. (laughs) Um, But like also, like I said, I think it was critical thinking skills. I it's the fact that even I was an English major that you know, you still had to like read things and go through the ideas and pull out the pieces and stuff like that. Like I use that every day when I'm reading op eds or or I'm reading newspaper articles and I'm trying to figure out how to make it work in the work we are in. Right. Mm-hmm. How does this how does this apply to my day to day life and my job? Right. And those kinds of skills, you don't learn those in high school. You learn those in college. Yeah. And so it doesn't really matter if you're, a you know, an English major or a PR major. As long as you're gaining those kind of skills, I think that that's all it that matters. And it doesn't. And I mean, I hate to say this, people are gonna kill me for saying this, but like I look at job resumes all the time, and I don't care if you went to Stanford. <laughs> like I just the truth. I don't, don't. I've I do care from if you
0: Stanford. They're not the smartest. Yeah. I mean, God bless you, Stanford. Uh, if you wanna sponsor us? Feel free. Yeah, but... right. We'll take the money. <laughs> but uh, I've not met some students. of your graduates, and uh,
1: not all. I, I mean, right. I mean, and then you have my dad, who I would actually say is probably one of the smartest people I know and and has has really worked in this world and has gone very far as a vP of h r for Indian motorcycles nationally, like huge jobs and stuff like that. And he went to community college when I was born. And then, well, he had to finish he actually didn't realize he hadn't finished community college and um okay, and had to no, go back
0: no um how do you
1: don't ask i mean i'm telling you he was (laughs) anyway and then my mom was like you have to go and so he went to night school at saint mary's which is a good Mm -hmm. school but like no one ever asked him hey emilio at the age of 40 where did you go to school now if you have your master's that's different but like this is another thing i'm one of the few people here at iri that's a senior staffer that doesn't have my master's here's another tip moms majors Masters are worthless <laughs> in communications.
0: We're they, just destroying your your myths no, about education. but
1: you know what? One of my old uh, one of my old bosses here told me that he, mm-hmm. she was like, I was like, I think I might go back to school. Everyone here has a master's, and she goes, "For comms, that's worthless." And I was like, "Okay." And then I thought about it. I'm like, he's right. What are they going to teach me?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's communications. Like, you can learn it on Google." Right. Now, if you're going to go be a get a master's in like
0: international, something. right.
1: Right, then that's different, Mm -hmm. but, like, it's not going to help me.
0: I think the number one takeaway, though, is that what's that old cliche that people say? Hard work beats out talent when talent doesn't work hard or something like that?
1: I mean, I haven't heard that, but that sounds good. Yeah,
0: but it's true, though. Like, I don't think there's ever been any job I've ever had where the person who was smarter than me worked harder. No, and I always took their spot. Yeah, and I like taking their spot. You you don't deserve it if I can take it.
1: So like move. Nah, you don't, know, stop
0: being that dude.
1: Right. I just you know, sometimes I sit and there are times when this goes back to imposter syndrome though. Like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I'm reading something and I'm like <clears> supposed <throat> to be editing it because that's part of our job here, and and clearly there are people who are are, are smarter than me. They have master's degrees in these you know, in the Middle East studies and I'm reading something about the Middle East. And I'm like, okay, I'm on page three. And there are 90% of these sentences that I just don't think they make sense. So maybe I'm just dumb. Might be true. So I'm like, I put it all together and I walk over to uh, my colleague who is a press secretary and who is really smart. I mean, like Julia is so smart. And she had her master's from like Oxford or something. Like Julia's the definition of like, smart and I go, Hey Jules, I have a quick question. And she's like, Yeah. I'm like, could you read this and just see if like it makes sense to you? And just let me know what edits you think. I just don't have time to look over it. Cause I'm not gonna admit to her that like I don't know what they're saying. These words don't make sense to me in this order. But like I was like, okay. She came back to me, she goes, What the hell is this? These words <laughs> don't make sense in this like there's these aren't sentences. I'm like Oh, my God, Julie, I didn't want to tell you that I was thinking I was just fucking dumb because these people have, like, doctorates in this. But, like, I agree. That doesn't make sense. She goes, just send it back to them. I'm like, cool.
0: You know what? I am of the firm belief that sometimes you just have to say, look, I don't know what this is. Oh, I say that all the um, time. Nobody have ever. Okay, there's a couple things I believe in. One, you got to say thank you. You yes. got to acknowledge a person who opened the door for you. Yes, every time. Say thank you. Two, don't be the person who closes the door behind you. That, like, honestly. That's shitty. You should kill yourself. Yeah. And thirdly, acknowledge when you don't know something. Because nothing I've ever learned has been learned because I was like, well, you know, I've got that.
1: Right. No, and I'm a big believer of, like, admitting being like, you know what? I don't know that answer to you for you, but, like. I will be back in five to 10 minutes because I'm going to Google it and, or I'm going to go ask somebody else and be like, and I will have that answer. Right. Because I'm giving them yet. Yeah, no, I don't know the answer, but I'm giving them a solution of like, but don't worry. I'm not going to just leave you hanging. Right. And and I've never had a boss ever be like, well, that's not appropriate yeah. ever, ever because they're just going to like, okay, go figure. What's five minutes. Nothing. Right. Like what's 10 minutes. What's a day. But I always make sure that I tell people, like, I don't know, but, and I give them a timeline. You can expect, if it's an easy answer and it's a Google answer, I'm like, or I need to go run up to someone and ask them, I'll be like, I'll be back in five to 10 minutes. Or if I'm like, fuck, if I know, I need to go read a book about it, I'll be back, I'll be back in like a day, right? I've never had a bad reaction to that. And I think that that is something a lot
0: of people are scared of. They're, and they're also our pride a long time ago. Oh, like I said, we yeah. always knew we're not the smartest people in the room. <laughs> Look there are some things i'm going to get an a in
1: right and there's some things, things i'm yeah. i'm gonna get that c and i'm okay yeah. i had this is actually a really funny story so <laughs> i had a algebra i hated algebra so one talk about mother problems i tested out of algebra one which probably the reason why my mom was like yeah right she tested out of algebra <laughs> one so i was in i went to Catholic girls catholic high school and i tested out of algebra one and they said you can go to geometry as a freshman I was like, hell yeah, I can, you know. And I'm sure now looking back, knowing that, like, knowing my mom, my mom probably was like, she probably cheated or something (laughs) and was like, get your ass back into Algebra 1. So bitch made me go back to Algebra 1, right? She was like, I was like, fine. So I was in Algebra 1. I hated it, like, really badly. And um, my teacher at the time was this guy named Mr. Greer. And my mom goes, Morgan, come here. And I was she goes, what's this? And at that time, they gave us progress reports. So it means that you were doing below average, mm-hmm. right? I was like, it's a progress report. Duh. Like, hello. Of course it's a progress report. And she's like, okay, why don't you read it? And it said, Morgan writes well. Morgan is lovely to speak to. Morgan um, is, always, uh, is always creative. How do I know this? Because she does everything but algebra and class. <laughs> I was like, you're funny my mom's like, fix this. And I'm like, okay. My mom said a couple years ago, she's like, I still have that. Like, epically, the best progress report any parent could ever get was like, your daughter does everything but algebra. And I was like, mom, this wouldn't be a fucking problem if you let me take geometry.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Progress reports. I hated those things.
1: Oh, dude. I didn't even care anymore. I'm telling you, like, C student. And they and I, it, where I went to school, like, because it was an all-girls school and it was like, prestigious, which I still don't know how I tested into it either. That's another question. Um actually that's not true. I test really well, which is not mean I'm smart, everyone out there. Just because you do well in the SATs, that means nothing. It just means I'm smart enough to outsmart the test, right? Because then it's it's a game, right? And this goes back to me love, loving puzzles. Mm. I love puzzles and how that's how I think but SATs, you get a point, right? Or when you fill it in, you get two points off if you get it wrong. And you get zero anything. So, like, strategy.
0: Yeah, I just didn't answer the questions that duh, I didn't know.
1: Like, not that fucking hard. And all of a sudden, I have this great test score. And I'm like, yeah, I do, yep. you know? So, anyway. Um, so, I test, I test really well. But that's where, <laughs> where it ends. But um, going to the all girls' school, they believed, like, progress reports were, like, for C students. And I was like... Well, you better get your pen ready because that's all you're getting from me. Like you might be getting a B plus, you might get a B to a B plus, and an A minus in English only because I'll sit and read and I'll I'll jump you know through those hoops and write the essays because I can write well. But other than that, start writing them.
0: I can write well, but I used to. Um, I was also incredibly. I like to say efficient. My mom would call it lazy. <laughs> what I would do, especially in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I took the speech class, and the teacher was, you have to be very careful what you put in the syllabus, because it said we had to give the speech. It didn't say I had to write it. You're so like such a dick. <laughs> You're a dick, dude. So like, I never did shit like that. <laughs> so the informative speech, I went-
1: Please tell me you did like the Gettysburg Address or something.
0: No, I went an hour before class to the ASPCA's website and took their mission statement.
1: That's not a speech, though
0: it is when i gave it
2: hmm.
0: also because it was so well written because someone had paid to get it written it didn't even have to be the 10 minutes they asked for it was five took my my b plus home
1: oh i would have oh dude i would have if i was the teacher i would have given you an a i would have oh. like fine you outsmart me now this time oh, she
0: changed the syllabus next semester oh, i'm sure she did every speech i gave was from one of those things what do you want to do for uh, persuasive? Let's adopt the dog.
1: I'm telling you, dude. I would have really busted out the Gettysburg Address. I would have been like, four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth a this a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are equal." Yeah.
0: My it, efficient is what it was. Efficient. I think.
1: I mean, like, but that, I mean, my mom said when I was a kid, like every <laughs> every other kid, you know. would... She she would put me on a blanket, right, and you would put the toys around. And every other kid would, like, crawl to the toys or whatever. And she goes, and you would pull the blanket towards you to get the toy. And I'm like, I call that smart. Yeah. That goes back to out hustling people. All those other kids are dumb and exerting energy. I brought the toy to me.
0: They're probably gas station people right now. Not that there's anything wrong with gas station people. Or went to
1: Stanford. Who knows?
0: Once (laughs) again, Stanford, we will take sponsorship. (laughs) But some of your graduates. All right. We, we could do go. this.
1: We can do this all fucking day. And we
0: will. This will happen again. Um,
1: I have great life advice.
0: Oh, my God. And I
1: haven't even gotten into, like, half of the shit that, like, I've dealt <laughs> with. I mean, I told you the parrots, but, like.
0: I got to tell you, the parrots will stay with me forever.
1: It's one of my people look at me, like, and I'm like, I'm telling you the truth. Witch. And we talk about my witch sense here at IRI as well. It's a joke, but, like. I always tell people, I'm like, I have a witch sense because my great-grandmother was a witch. And they're like, okay.
0: You know when someone's a witch or you know when a spell has been put on you? Neither.
1: So I'm really good at guessing random dates of things. Not sure if, like, I've already guessed three exact dates of when I thought people were going to leave
0: IRI. Well, that might have just been wishful thinking.
1: No. I mean, like, some of them were, but, like, like, one of them... Like, the person wasn't even thinking they were going to go. Like, I'm just, I don't know.
0: Next time, we're going to have to talk about our survival plan and how we know exactly who's in our party.
1: Well, I mean, anyone slower than me is in the party so they get eaten first. Oh, no, you
0: have to have at least one person who's going to be sacrificed.
1: I mean, here, at least four.
0: I got to tell you, there's going to come a time when we run into another party and you're like, hey, man, go talk to them.
1: I don't know. We got to dip. I don't know. I think my big thing about that, though, is like, I want to make sure that I have people that are not just from IRI well, I think IRI people would be good because they like they make it in these places where they have to like you know pee on the side of the road and like have no bathrooms and like you know one time I was in a country where they were like be careful of the you know the snakes they've been eating like the young children and like those kinds yeah. of things. And so those kinds of people I would say like
0: you warned me that the snakes have been eating the kids I'm getting back on the plane. This yeah, no, over. I'm
1: not even joking. In Timor, yeah. in this little country called Timor-Leste, if you don't know it, you're not dumb. It just became a country in 2002. And when I got, like, before I got on the plane, I had to Google where it was. So don't worry.
0: But it has beautiful beaches.
1: Beautiful beaches. It is. And the people are amazing and sweet and lovely. But but the snakes you, will eat you. Yeah, no, no, joking. Like, right. I, I asked you to go to the bathroom. And, of course, you go on the side of the road, life is life. And they were like, you have to be careful. And we're going to stand out and watch because of the snakes.
0: I have to tell you, it's think, like the pythons
1: uh, will take people down. I'm like, uh, how bad do I have to pee? And at that point, I really, I mean, I was like, fuck the python.
0: I think the avoiding large snakes part of my ancestry has been bred out of me. Mm. And so I don't want to run the risk that a snake will. I won't know how to react. And I'm going to do something embarrassing. Like, you don't. I don't think you should be put in that situation because anything that happens after you see the snake. Unfair to judge me by.
1: I agree with you though. It's kind. Of, well, and I feel like anytime you're in other countries, that you, you know, there's different bacteria. There's different, you know, foods. Different. Like that's the kind of interesting thing about IRI is that we have this weird bond that, like, everyone has seen everyone at their worst.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And so one, we don't talk about it once we go to DC. But while well, in the field, we talk about it and we yeah. make fun of you. And and because it's happening to you too, right? Um. And then like. You also, like, have this, like, weird bond because you're like, hey, you know, I saw you puking on the side of the road and it accidentally flew in my hair. You know, like, and you're like, that's no problem. But, like, those kinds of things happen. And, like, I guess that's why we all hang out together because we have these weird lives.
0: Oh, my. All right. So we're doing this again, obviously. Um, I mean,
1: if your person likes me.
0: Well, no, we're doing this again. Um, (laughs) And if you
1: guys like me, my name is Morgan Martinez. You can
0: request me. Uh, try and find her blog. I do swear to do not find it.
1: I swear to God, I don't do it.
0: I will pay someone to find the footage of that Randy to the rescue.
1: It did show in Nigeria.
0: Okay, so I know for a fact someone has listened to this podcast in Nigeria. I man, I I don't know what I can give you because I'm not rich, but I will do something. I will say your name at the beginning of every podcast. Find that footage for me.
1: No, the only reason why I know it was in Nigeria is because one of the people that works with us in Nigeria goes, Morgan, I I still have the email. And it was like, Morgan, the weirdest thing happened. All of a sudden, I'm in my kitchen and I hear your voice. And um, I thought to myself, oh, no, did I miss a Skype call with Morgan? And he went to his computer and then he looked on the TV and it's me and Randy. I'm like, oh, my gosh. He goes, but it was really short, much shorter than everyone else's because they had to edit everything out. But I think it was because um, so one of the other uh, guests. So there was like three. There was four of us. There was one that was uh, couldn't find her dress because she was steampunk. And my guess is that didn't resonate in Nigeria. And so they had taken her out.
0: Yeah, well, I don't want to see hers.
1: No, but yeah. the girl, my favorite one was, um, other than me, duh, but was the girl that was named, um, I think, Sparkle, and then her her sisters were named, like, no. yeah, her Topaz, Star, Diamond, and, yeah, they were all gems. No. Yeah, she got on TV.
0: No. Like.
1: I mean, Bay Area, yeah. baby.
0: We're going to talk about this on another podcast, because you're coming back. But the names that you give your children are forever. God, I swear you don't name your kids something stupid because you think it's cute. Sparkle. Because twenty years later they're going for jobs. Well, I, yeah, like ooh. you don't want to be the one whose kid's name is a mockery. I know someone. No, you don't. I know someone whose name is a mockery, and for short they call him Mock because that's better somehow a mockery if you're hearing this i remember you from elementary school we still cool but... <laughs> <laughs> well
1: that's like my dad thank god like my mom had this my morgan's my mom's maiden name so it is a fam- We, me and my brother have family names all the fruit so my first name's my mom's maiden name my set my middle name's my grandma's na- name on my dad's side and then martinez okay whatever so my grandma on my dad's side the one who like kidnapped him right his maiden name is Paloma. Um, she's very American Indian. She looks like she, she's American Indian. And she has like, so I think actually got probably translated from Dove is what they think. But anyway, my mom had this bright idea that when she had me right she in the hospital, because they didn't know what gender I was because my parents are crazy. And they were like, no, we don't want to know. And so they're like, my mom's like, I know what we should name her Paloma. And thank Jesus that my dad was like, no, because my name would have been Paloma Martinez that doesn't speak spanish and like i would be in so much trouble i would be hired to speak spanish and people would be like what the hell can you believe that oh. how mexican is that
0: oh on another time too we're going to talk about these stupid baby reveals all of you stop it i don't want to see a, a cake with My- food coloring in it yeah, no, or a balloon with powder like, stop it. Just stop.
1: Also, posting them on Facebook. Like, wow, I don't no care. one wants to see that.
0: I mean, your kid's going to come out with a funny head from the trauma, and it'll take a couple of days for them to look like a person.
1: They also, like, I don't like... I mean, there has been some crazy ones, I love too. babies.
0: Please don't hold that against me. I don't. <laughs> Morgan's the bad person, not me. I mean,
1: they're a little weird. But, like, I don't know. I just... I agree with you. I see those all the time. Also, I, uh, I could go on a whole rant about the marriage announcements, too. Like,
0: I just, like... <laughs> Right? I know someone who paid to put their marriage announcement in the Politico, and all I could think was, no.
1: I no. mean, if you have to pay for it, then no, one knows, no one knows you, and no one cares. You stop. Just stop. I mean, just stop. Now I feel bad. I'm sure I'm, there's so many people listening to this, and they're going to hate me, but, like, woo go Honestly, the club
0: will they though because i'm just telling you they'll, they'll hate us they'll
1: well hate us. you know in college we haven't even gotten to my college years but which would be like 25 episodes but there was a girl named we're gonna leave her name out of it but she started a I i hate morgan martinez facebook club and there was a lot of members
0: i gotta tell you that means you're doing something right yes yeah, you really disliked me either that or i a
2: mean...
0: sociopath. Ooh. which i was looking up sociopaths the other day oh god i should have
1: are it, you, do you have a lot of the characteristics? No, I can see but that. It, no, it, it,
0: it, it didn't seem like such a bad life. Like I just don't care about anybody but myself, and I'm no, okay with it. No, you
1: don't want to do that, and you might want to do that. I'm not really sure. I need to actually. You know what? I don't have an answer for you because I need to look up the definition. <laughs> I'll come back in five minutes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that's where we're going to end it. Until next time. So Until you next have to time,
1: come back. I'll come back. Okay. Bye, guys.
0: I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Morgan as much as we enjoyed having it with her. We hope to have more conversations with Morgan in the future. 2019 is going to be a big year, but we can't do it without you. So please leave comments and let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Instagram at BrownstoneMG. Check us out on the web at viewfromthestoop.com. You can also find us on SoundCloud and on Facebook. We'd be nothing without your support, and we can never say thank you enough. Happy New Year, guys, and until next time, love.